You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Well, what is going on, Bills Mafia? What is going on? How are we feeling? How does that football game got you feeling, Bills Mafia? Welcome. Welcome to the overreaction post-game show brought to you by the market dominator on the Buffalo Rumblings vidcast and podcast networks. My name is Joe Miller. I am the host of this wonderfully amazing Victory Monday show. You can find me on Twitter at Joe Miller Wired. If you're not following me already, please do so. And we'll talk about our show sponsor here in a minute. But as I already said, happy Victory Monday to you, Bills Mafia fans of the first place, Buffalo Bills in the AFC East. With about the easiest schedule left in the NFL that you could possibly ask for, the road to the playoffs is all but paved. I know I might be getting ahead of myself, but let's be honest. The Atlanta Falcons, a a Southern Dome team coming into Buffalo in January, doesn't sound like fun for them. And the Jets, well, the Jets are the Jets, despite coming out with a victory this past Sunday. But how is everybody feeling? How is everybody feeling? I'm going to be honest with you. I'm a little giddy. I'm a little excited. It was difficult. The the last hour and a half waiting for this show to start was was tough. I I was tempted to start it at 8. We've already got some super chats lining up. We've got all the normal people, the usuals, the regulars. We've got some new people in the in the chat in the comment section. Special thanks to everybody. Welcome to all of you that are that are that are watching me live, and welcome to the thousands of you that are going to listen to this in podcast form on Victory Monday, Victory Tuesday, Victory Wednesday, Victory Thursday, and maybe even Victory Friday. But as I always say, whether this podcast finds you around a cup of coffee. At the gym with your AirPods in, on the drive to work, or watching me live right now, let me just say one more time, welcome. First place. We are Super Chat Live. If you've got something you want to say, you want to get my attention, this is a podcast, so I'm going to do my best to get through my notes and show. If you want to get my attention, shoot me a Super Chat. It shows up highlighted on the screen. I can see it. I'm not ignoring you if you're chatting me. I'm just basically trying to get through my show. Uh, please like and subscribe. And speaking of Super Chats, we already have two. The first one comes from T Falls. Uh, T, thank you so much for this Super Chat. Like, legit, thank you so much. Wishing a full recovery to Ike Bakker. The O-line stepped up in a big way today. Instead of using inactives as an excuse to underperform, they gave Josh Allen and Devin Singletary the time and space to do what they needed to do in the biggest game of the year. I'm going to be honest with you, uh, at the risk of giving away 
my show a little bit. They've got one of my dude awards. The, the offensive line, in my opinion, and we'll talk about it, played better in, than, than they have played probably in the last two years. When you consider who the Patriots are, who their defensive line is, who their head coach is, and what they do to opposing offenses via their defense and their defensive line, this offensive line stepped up in a huge way. In a huge, huge way. Josh Allen was kept clean this whole game. He absolutely was not sacked one time. And while he did get flushed, that's pretty much Josh's MO. That is what he does. Got another super chat from Charles uh, Cancilla. Uh, Charles, your super chat did not come through. If you go ahead and type something for me, I will read it. Uh, hopefully, I can see it when it comes up. And then uh, a third one here from uh, Pamela uh, at Pamadonna on Twitter. Pamela's a great friend of the show friend of mine o-line stepped up finally what do you think changed what do i think changed ryan bates was a big part of it (laughs) we're gonna talk about that too ryan bates was a big part of what changed on this offensive line We're, we're i've got some thoughts and i've got some feelings about that but I've poured myself a nightcap. We always talk about these types of things, and I'm, I'm in a celebratory mood, and and, I, and I'm doing the usual. And this evening, or I should say for this show, I'm trying something I've not tried before, which is Angel's Envy. And I'm going to be honest with you, it's pretty good. I'm not generally a top-shelf guy, uh, prim- primarily because I'm cheap. <laughs> but uh, for all intents and purposes, I'm enjoying this. So wherever you are, Bills Mafia, cheers. One more time. And go Bills. Woo, I'm going to tell you, it's Victory Monday and uh, Victory Week, Victory Tuesday, Victory Wednesday. It's still Victory Sunday, technically, as of the taping of this show. But it's Victory Monday, as I said, and with the win over the Patriots to take back first place in the AFC East. I'm going to be honest with you. I've been insufferable on Twitter since Knox caught that last touchdown. So with two and a half minutes left in the game, Dawson Knox catches that little underhanded shovel pass from Josh Allen and I literally started blowing up Twitter right there. And I don't see it ending anytime soon. I, I'm telling you, folks, I'm 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 giddy. Got another super chat from uh, Brandon Altman. Brandon, thank you so much for being a part of the show. Josh Allen is the man. He just needs some time. Josh Allen played incredible in this football game. It was uh, it was nice to see him kind of back in form, right? Back in form. Bruce Nolan says, "Good choice on my Angels envy." Appreciate that. Any anytime you can get a, a thumbs up from from Bruce Nolan, it's a good night. And a good show. But uh, Josh Allen was lights out in this football game. It's as much as this is probably the, you know, the Isaiah McKenzie part du game behind the Miami game last game of the season last year. Josh Allen is very much the story of this football game. We're going to get to that as well. So please sit tight. The first place, or uh, I should say, with first place on the line, the nine and five New England Patriots are hosting the eight and six Buffalo Bills in this football game. The Bills boasting a number one defense. The Patriots also boasting a number one defense. And a lot of times they get asked, Joe, how can two teams have the number one defense? Well, they go by different metrics. And depending on what stat you're trying to pull and what you're trying to say or what you're trying to communicate to the audience, if you're writing uh, an article or if you're doing a podcast, you know, whether it's you know, number one in yards allowed, number one in points given up, number one in whatever, that type of stuff. Uh, both of these teams are, regardless of that, a number one defense. Um, and I'm going to be honest with you, the nerves for me before this game were there in high fashion. Incredibly nervous. I don't, I mean, I get nervous, a little bit nervous before every game. This one had me, yeah, this one aged me a little bit. So I'm guessing all of you were probably as well. I am and was during this game rocking the hashtag Boho Mojo jersey. 
Um, I don't know. Maybe we should start something. Is it possible for all of you to jump on this train, even with Corey Bohorquez not on this football team? And dare I say, I don't really want him back on this football team. Can all of you go get a Corey Bohorquez jersey? <laughs> Let's start a Bohorquez army. So the Bohorquez jersey, the Boho Mojo army. And I am now 2-0 and in the Boho. And uh, to that point, people were actually saying to me, on Twitter, you know, you're one and oh in that jersey. What's the big deal? Well, I was eight and oh in the jersey last year. Eight and oh, and the ninth game, number nine, was the AFC championship game. And if it, my math could be wrong, but I'm pretty confident that if they win eight straight again in this jersey with me wearing this jersey, the eighth game is indeed the big one, the Super Bowl. We have two more Super Chats I'm going to read for you. Craig uh, Kenauer. Craig, thank you so much for being a part of the show. Thank you for the Super Chat. I did my own research, and I don't think Beasley will be on the Bills next year. I'm all in for 19. That remains to be seen. Um, there's comments and thoughts about Cole Beasley. Um, I would say this. Slow down. Slow your roll on Isaiah McKenzie. Isaiah McKenzie flashed. He's legitimately 100% a weapon. I want to talk about this during the show, so please give me an opportunity. But I would say this, and I'll probably say it again. The greatest Isaiah McKenzie fan, whoever you are, the greatest Isaiah McKenzie fan is not about to pay Isaiah McKenzie eight or nine million dollars a year. And the fact that it's acceptable for Cole Beasley to make seven to nine million dollars a year and not acceptable for Isaiah McKenzie to make that kind of money kind of tells you where they fall as it pertains to skill level, ability, and quality as a player. I love Isaiah McKenzie. I'm not saying Isaiah McKenzie's bad. Do not get the wrong idea. All I'm saying is, is Let's just slow down a little bit. Isaiah McKenzie flashes. He's a matchup nightmare. There's still things that Cole Beasley does better, some route running stuff, things like that. But obviously, you know, a little dirty is faster. Uh, he's a little bit quicker. He present you. you we, we we've talked about it for a couple of years. Even you know, last year and why we haven't seen it. Man, I'm getting I'm getting into my notes already. The defense comes to life when McKenzie's on the field, when he's doing things. Why he doesn't get used more, we don't know. I'll give you some speculation here in a little bit, but sit tight on that one. If I can get to it with all the super chats that are coming in. JR, thank you for being a part of the show. Another super chat. Bill's family, enjoy this win. Brother, I'm already enjoying this win to that. One more cheers for y'all. And then the uh, the the last one I've got here for you, uh, Charles Kensilla. Uh, also, thank you for the super chat. Thank you for being a part of the show. What was the difference on defense, especially with no star? How were they able to mitigate the Patriots' success, success on the ground, given we've struggled? I don't know that they necessarily mitigated all of the success that the Patriots had on the ground. The Patriot, the, the game plan as far as the, the run defense was very similar, except for one big run by Damian Harris, which, by the way, I'm going to talk about this as well. They ran that same exact play, and Damian Harris got another 30 or 35-yard run out of it. The difference was is this time he's nursing a bad hamstring. That very much could have ended up in the exact same situation that the Bills ended up with in the first game three weeks ago. So I would say this, you know, the, the 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 Patriots did what the Patriots do, which is run the ball. The Bills defense was okay. They they held up where they needed to. They gave up some big runs. They gave up some consistent consistent runs on the ground to the Patriots. But at the end, it's the it's about the lead. The difference in this football game was about the fact that the Bills came out aggressive. They did not come out conservative. You guys got me way ahead of my notes already. They did not come out conservative, and they got a lead, which puts Mac Jones and uh, Josh McDaniels in a position where they've got to fight back. And it's interesting to me as well because I thought there was awful clock management in this football game for the Patriots. They're down two possessions 
late in the third, early in the fourth, and they're bleeding the clock like seven minute drives. Totally. I don't know what they were. I don't know if they thought they had the Bills offense where they wanted him. I don't know if they felt like Mac Jones was going to step up and do something that they wanted him to do. But at the end of the day, the amount of time that they bled off the clock was astounding to me. It was a very poor clock management performance for me, for the Patriots. I was happy with it. But if that was the Bills in that situation, down two possessions and basically content to put on a seven-minute drive after the Bills just put out a six-minute drive at the top of the third quarter, I'd have been on. I'd have been on fire as a Bills fan. We'd be on this show right now, and I'd be lighting up the coaching staff about not being in an up-tempo offense, which the the Patriots were not. Absolutely, were not in an up-tempo offense, and I don't know why. I don't even know if that question was asked to Bill Belichick. Getting back to my notes. No star, no Mongo, no Davis, no Beasley in this football game, which added to all of my nerves. Those are four players that, as much as John Feliciano has not played much, you know, the reality is, is this defense looks much different without Star Latulale in it. And Gabe Davis has been coming on. And if you've paid attention to this show for 10 minutes, you know how I feel about Cole Beasley in this offense. He is generally the guy that makes this offense go. Now, today in this game, that person was Isaiah McKenzie. Is that sustainable? I don't know. We will probably get to see, and I hope we get to. I want to see some rotation there between Beasley and Isaiah McKenzie. I think Isaiah McKenzie has earned the right to get some looks. It was fantastic what he did. He he basically was almost uncoverable. I would encourage you to go back and listen to his post-game press conference where he said the guy that they had on me is good. He's a good player but today was just my day. We finally got to see in this football game why Ryan Bates is on this team. And the best part about Ryan Bates being on this team and playing in this football game is Ryan Bates is not a guard. Ryan Bates is a le- is a tackle and he's a center. And the Bills use him, or I should say bench him. He's supposed to be the first tackle off the bench or the first guy off the bench, and he never is. And they protect him because they want insurance against Mitch Morse basically getting hurt. If Mitch gets hurt, he's the backup center. And I'll be honest with you, I have found it ridiculous for the last several weeks. You're, you're, you've got poor guard play from your offensive line. We've had a backup tackle situation where Spencer Brown has moved to left tackle because Deion Dawkins is out. Why in the world are you not putting the first guy off the bench on the field? Oh, well, we want to save him in case Mitch Morse gets hurt. Well, guess what? Mitch Morse didn't get hurt, and your offensive line is playing like garbage. But for the first time, we got to see Ryan Bates. We finally saw him, quote-unquote, pay the bills. That's a bad dad joke. I know it's a bad dad joke, but that's where we are. We saw what Ryan Bates brings to this football team. That, to me, was the best Offensive line performance we've seen in a couple of years from this from this offensive line. And, oh, by the way, I think that's who they need to roll out there next week. Next week, I want to see Deion Dawkins, Ryan Bates, Mitch Morse, Darrell Williams, and Spencer Brown. That's who I want to see all the way through the playoffs. I know Feliciano's coming back. Well, guess what? Feliciano can be the first guy off the bench if Mitch Morse gets hurt. Ryan Bates, in my opinion, played outstanding. Again, this is my first reaction emotion. I haven't watched the game back. I haven't broken down any film. I haven't talked to John Fina yet. And John might tell me, Ryan Bates didn't play that good of a football game. Well, Josh Allen was not sacked. He was not really hurried. He was comfortable. He was poised. I'm going to talk about that some more in a minute. 
as we talked about as well, this was also a very big game for Isaiah McKenzie with Cole Beasley out. You knew. You knew he was going to have opportunities, and he reminded all of us why he's important to this offense and why he was important to this offense last year. Josh Allen, I believe, was asked in his press conference why they haven't used him more, and Josh said, you know, especially with what he has done in the past, and Josh was like, you know, we're not trying to be last year's team. We're trying to be this year's team, which is a nice political answer to say, I don't know. Maybe we feel like or somebody feels like guys like Emmanuel Sanders bring something better to the team. And I'm going to be honest with you. Emmanuel Sanders did not play well in this football game, and he has not played well for weeks outside of being injured. But he was important to this offense last year, and it, it pretty much appears that he's important to this offense this year and going forward potentially. And you've got to ask the question, why has he not been available all offseason? Real quick, Tim, thanks for the Super Chat. How cool was it to see Josh Allen with the whole team? Kumaro with a catch and 30 receptions for the team. Just felt like Josh Allen could play with everyone. Josh Allen is just, these guys love playing for the kid, and they all talked about it today. These guys love playing with that kid. He's just, he's an X factor. And uh, Chris Sims said it on the, the the football night in America that he just, he's almost impossible to stop. But getting back to what I was saying about McKenzie and Ryan Bates, we see this coaching staff do these things. They They protect players from presumably getting hurt almost as insurance in case somebody else gets hurt, right? So we see McKenzie basically not playing, or when he was playing, he was only as a kick returner or a punt returner because they didn't want to risk him getting hurt playing offense because then they've got a problem at kick returner, punt returner. And then they bench him. And instead of removing him from the lineup from kick returns and punt returns and playing him in offense, they literally just sat the kid. And I'm going to be honest with you, he didn't handle that well. Ryan Bates, same thing. We've talked about it a lot already in this show. We're 18 minutes in. Ryan Bates is supposed to be the first guy off the bench. He can play all five positions. Meanwhile, he never comes off the bench when somebody gets hurt. Spencer Brown gets pulled out of the game last week. Who goes in? Tommy Doyle. Deion Dawkins goes out for a play a couple weeks ago. Who goes in? Tommy Doyle. It's confusing, and I'll be honest with you. It's it's self-defeating. The best players should play. And at this point in time, Ryan Bates is better than Ike Butker, who went out in this football game. He's better probably than John Feliciano. But at some point in time, the Bills are going to have to realize they got to put the best guys out there. This isn't about what are we going to do to protect ourselves and be conservative so that we can play another game next week. This is about winning this week so that we can play next week. Let that sink in for a second. We're about to be in a situation where we have to win this week so we can play next week. We don't protect guys this week so we can play next week. Because if you protect guys this week and they're the best players on your team and you lose when we when playoff time comes, guess what? You're done. You're on the outside looking in. But this was very much a game where you feel like the Bills, they just needed to score touchdowns, right? You just kind of felt like field goals weren't going to be enough in this game. And while they left plays in the field and there were some touchdowns out there that they left out there, you know, overall, it's hard to be upset when your punting unit doesn't see the field not a single time. Matt Hawk, Josh Allen said Matt Hawk wanted a picture after the game because this was the first time in his career they didn't punt or the, the team that he was on didn't punt. Well, the reality is, is this isn't the first time Josh Allen has, has had a no punt game. 
Josh Allen's done it a couple times. I love this tweet from Pat Moran at Pat Moran Tweets, who is the uh, host of the Talking Buffalo podcast. Let this sink in, boys and girls. Playing on the road against arguably the toughest defense in the NFL and minus some key players on offense, which if you've been on social media for five minutes this week, you've heard all the noise. All the noise. Buffalo gave up zero sacks and punted zero times. Love Pat. Pat's a good friend, friend of the show. Been on Pat's show a bunch of times. Pat's been on my show. Love Pat. If you're not following Pat, you should be. So add another no punt game to this young man's resume, this quarter of a billion dollar quarterback's resume. And while Isaiah McKenzie had an incredible game and was clutch all over the field, and the O-line played outstanding, keeping Josh Allen clean. This game was more about Josh Allen, in my opinion, than anybody else. He is the narrative of this football game. He showed why he should still be considered an MVP candidate. Now, hang on a second. I'm not saying he is the MVP. I'm saying he should be considered a candidate. Will he win? No. But he's in the conversation and deserves to be in that conversation. I was on the... Rock, uh, Rock Power Report this past week, and we talked about giving the keys of this offense and this team to Josh Allen, which this coaching staff has yet to do. When Josh Allen is restricted, when the when the game plan doesn't really play to his strengths, when they're trying to do things that jo- isn't really Josh Allen, and I'm going to be honest, I'll say as well that he has growing to do, and he did some growing today. There wasn't a single bomb thrown by Josh Allen in this football game, and I'm going to be honest with you, I'm elated. He has a propensity to throw a D. I thought one was coming. I tweet. I had the tweet ready to go. I tweeted like it was written up. This is the moment where Josh Allen throws the deep ball and it misses somebody, and we have we go three and out and punt. And Josh Allen did not do that in this football game. I deleted the tweet before I sent it. But generally speaking, that's what you get from him. So there's growth there from him. But it, by and large, I feel like they need to just hand this thing over to the kid. He was poised today. He was confident. He was smart. He was elusive, and he was, dare I say, dominant in this football game. A couple more Super Chats lining up here from my guy Carmen Payton Plays. Me today, JA17, I'm asking one more time for you to stunt on those on these hoes. The voice. <laughs> the voice. He did. <laughs> I love you, bro. That's awesome. Got to meet uh, Peyton Plays uh, in uh, Tampa, and I'm going to be honest with you, it was a treat. It was an absolute treat. Got to sit and talk with them on Saturday, uh, and then I got to sit sit and talk with them on game day at the uh, at the at the Bills Mafia tailgate. It was great. Second super chat from J- Jesse Stents. Thank you for being a part of the show. Opinion: Beasley is a better pure slot receiver, but McKenzie's athleticism presents more potential dilemmas for defense. I would say that's good. that's exactly right. It's it's his speed and his quickness. Cole Beasley is an elite route runner in the NFL. Elite. He leads the league almost every year in yards of separation. Has nothing to do. I'm not going to go there. Sorry. I was going to make a snarky remark remark or comment. I'm I'm just going to stay away from it. At the end of the day, Cole Beasley is a very talented and one of the best slot receivers in the NFL. But McKenzie literally presents a problem. They're different players, but they're both effective. The question is, is can we make them both effective on the same offense? I think we can. Getting back to my notes. Josh Allen's two passing TDs in the first half gave him 100 for his career. 
Uh, this came from came from ESPN stats or some handle like that. He's the first player in NFL history with 100 passing TDs and 20 rushing TDs in his first four seasons. Let that sink in for about 10 seconds. He's done something that Lamar Jackson has not done. He's done something that Pat Mahomes has not done. He's done something that name any other Hall of Fame Steve Young has not done. He's done something that Hall of Fame quarterbacks have not done. He's the first player in NFL history with 100 passing touchdowns and 20 rushing touchdowns in his first four seasons. And the, and the season's not over yet. Josh Allen was incredible today. And we're going to need to see a lot of incredible Josh Allen for the next six weeks if it's going to mean anything. Otherwise, it's just another fun game where we all felt guilty afterwards. Or guilty. Giddy. Not guilty. Giddy. Giddy afterwards. A lot of great football on the field today. I've got a note here that says, you know, watching this game unfold. So it's kind of shifting gears a little bit. Watching this game unfold, you have to wonder if Bill Belichick respects our pass defense a lot. So when you watch the Patriots play the Bills, does he respect our pass defense incredibly? Or does he just disrespect our run defense amazingly? So is it a situation of like, I, I I absolutely don't want my rookie quarterback throwing against that defense. Like I'm worried about it. Or is it a situation where he giggles at night and says, <laughs> they can't stop the run. Both can be true. Is it one or the other or both? Or is he living in the, the same world that we all live in? Not the media, not the national media, not Good Morning Football, Kay Adams, who I love. Mac Jones is the best quarterback in the AFC. Today he wasn't. Or is he living in the world that we're all living in that Mac Jones isn't that good? Meaning he's kind of a problem. And Bill Belichick knows that he's a problem. If they get behind in scores, Mac is not the guy that's going to bring them back. He failed last week against the Colts. He failed this week miserably. Just a question, just a question that I have for, yeah. <laughs> Soy sauce with <laughs> a super chat. You, 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 you finished that sentence, Joe. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to remain apolitical tonight for this, for this podcast. This podcast might be an hour, this show might be more than an hour long. I'm just telling you now because <laughs> I'm feeling it right now. I'm feeling it. Absolutely 100% feeling it. And I know you guys are too. Bills Mafia fans of the first place, Buffalo Bills. Me and my angels envy. Anyways, that was just a thought that I had. It's in my notes. I figured I would read it. Does Bill Belichick respect our pass defense, disrespect our run defense, or is it a situation where he knows Mac Jones is a problem? Or is it one, two of them, or all three of them? I'll let you figure that out. The game plan early on in this football game was Devin Singletary, and I'm going to be honest with you, I loved it. I thought it was perfect. I thought we saw, saw some more growth and some maturation from this offense and from Josh Allen being willing to take what the defense was wanting was going to give them, and he just, I don't want to say he obliterated them, but he took advantage of the Patriots' defense. It was great. Again, didn't, so, didn't throw a single bomb in this football game. They didn't need to stretch the defense out, if you will, or like make them respect the long throw. Everybody knows that Josh Allen's got a cannon. 
hearing the balls whiz by their four, whiz by their helmets is enough to let them know he can throw the football 80 yards downfield. You don't have to, as much as the commentators say you do, you don't have to test the defense with a deep ball. More super chats. Triggs, my guy Triggs. Mac Jones is a bigger right-handed version of Tua. I think Mac Jones is better than Tua. I'm not saying he's going to be a world beater, but I think I think Mac Jones has a respectable career ahead of him. Kirk Cousins maybe doesn't have the accuracy of Kirk Cousins, but I think he's got the ability. I'm not sure what I think about Tua yet. Another super chat from Brooke. Brooke, welcome into the show. Thank you for being a part of it. Every game I haven't watched live, they've won. Brooke, stop watching the Bills. <laughs> On behalf of everybody, all the, all the Bills Mafia, Brooke, stop watching the Buffalo Bills play football live. Do not do it. From here, I'm sorry that you're gonna miss the Super Bowl. You you you're if you come to the parade, I'll make sure that they I'll do whatever I gotta do to make sure that you've got a prime seat for the parade in downtown Buffalo. And I'm sorry that you're gonna miss the Super Bowl, but you are no longer allowed to watch the Buffalo Bills play live. It's just that's just it is what it is. <laughs> I'm sorry, Brooke. You're the one that threw it out there. If anybody knows Brooke in this chat and you're hanging out with Brooke on a Sunday when the Bills are playing football and she's watching the game, run her out of the building as fast as you possibly can. <laughs> anyway, I kid. I kid. Every time I haven't watched live, they've won, which is pretty much all their wins this year. So I'm done watching Bills games live this season. <laughs> Love you, Brooke. Love you, Brooke. That's a tough spot to be in. That's a tough spot to be in. Getting back to the point about Mac Jones. In the end, this is a football game where Mac Jones completed 10 more passes than he did in the last meeting three weeks ago. And expectedly, he just wasn't good enough, which goes back to what I was saying about Bill Belichick. The Bills had the lead. They knew they wanted to get the lead early. They knew that, which frustrating things about football narratives and conversations. The Buffalo Bills came into this football game. You heard it said 15 times in the broadcast. The Buffalo Bills came into this football game and said, we want to get the lead early because we know that Mac Jones is going to have a problem trying to catch up. So if you're going to vocalize that, are you telling me that there's times that you go into football games going, you know, we don't really want to get the, the lead early. We're going to kind of like wait and let them get the lead and then see what happens. No, why would you not try to get the lead early? And that's another thing too about this football game as I'm ranting. At the end of the day, the Bills have started off very slowly and flat is the word that we've all used all year. And this game, they didn't. They came out quick. That's what you need to do every single NFL game. And the Chiefs are in the middle of the table. We've talked about it a lot. I've talked about it on this show. Talked about it on this show. But in the end, this was a game, listen to me, where Mac Jones completed 10 more passes than he did three weeks ago. 10. Just wasn't good enough. Sal Capaccio tweeted, Mac Jones was 14 of 32. Oh, I'm sorry, completed 11 more passes. 43.8% for 145 yards against the Bills today. It's only the second time this season a quarterback has completed 14 or less passes on 32 or more attempts. The other was Trevor Lawrence, 14 to 33 in week two versus the Broncos. Not great. <laughs> Not great. Another super chat from my guy, Tim. What's up, dude? Welcome to the show again. You like seeing Poyer not make all the tackles. It was nice to see other guys make tackles. I would agree with that. It was nice to see tackles being executed and secured. I would say that there, were, there was some over-pursuing going on. There was a lot of misdirection. Harrison Phillips talked about it in his post-game presser. 
Um, it's what it's what the Patriots do. They know your weakness. They study you well enough to know exactly what you do wrong. And the Bills have always been in over pursuing defense. But it was great to see people make tackles for sure. Real quick, the story of this football game: the Bills abandoned the uh, conservatism. In my opinion, this is the story of the football game. They they abandoned conservatism and went with aggressive. The plan that got them to 13 wins last season. Will it pay off? We'll find out. We'll find out if they continue to do it. Another tweet from ESPN Stats and Info. The Buffalo Bills are the first team to win at New England in consecutive seasons since the 2005-2006 Colts. So the Bills swept the the Patriots last year. They swept the division last year. This year they are on the road to being 5-1 and if they can beat the Jets last game of the season. But they've won two consecutive games in Foxborough, which bodes well for the future of this organization. As per ESPN stats and info, they are also the first team to win by double digits at New England in consecutive seasons since 1995-96, the Broncos. And I think what bothers me about this game, finally, and it has nothing to do with the Bills and what they did on the field, it's, it's the narratives. The narratives from the national media, the narratives from the local media, the narratives from other content creators, conversations that I've been in this week that the Bills had to run and run the ball well if they wanted to have a chance to win this football game. Wrong. That's just not who this team is. They are not a run-first football team, and they should never pretend to try and be a run-first football team. Did Devin Singletary have some success? Yes. Did Zach Moss have some success? Yes. Did Devin Singletary have success last week? Yes. All keying off the pass. They are not... They run first team. They don't need to, quote unquote, run the ball a lot and run it well. If they do, it's a surefire way to lose. I brought it up to several people. The Bills have played the they've played the Patriots three times in the last two years before this game. They were run heavy last year, the first time they played them. And if it wasn't for a Justin Zimmer punch out of the football on Cam Newton, they lose that game. They come out the second time in Foxborough and light them up. Pass first, pass hard, pass aggressive. First game this season, I know the wind was a factor, but the Bills, Josh Allen was clearly making passes in that wind. They come out and try to be a ground and pound team, and they get beat. They get beat. What do they do in this football game? They throw conservatism to the wind, all caution to when they push the chips in the middle of the table, and they walk to the victory. Now, I'm supposed to, at this point, go through some quarter-by-quarter stuff. And I'm going to be honest with you, I've got a bunch of notes. Do I want to relive the game and take up 20 minutes of your life? I don't know. Uh, Quarter one, I'm going to try to get through it quickly. The the Pats got the ball first in the first quarter. There was a great rush by Ed Oliver. Sacked him, three and out. Bill's first possession. The offensive line at this point is Brown, Butker, Morse, Bates, Williams. They worked Devin Devin Singletary, as I said, hard early in this game with some passes and some runs first down by Isaiah McKenzie design run to Josh Allen and the first down to touchdown Jesus. It was great to see him get involved in this game. The bills go for it on fourth and two from the four Allen hits Isaiah McKenzie in the end zone for six, seven, nothing. It's exactly what you want to see. If you're going to write a script for how you want this football game to go from the opening drive, that's it. Pat's second possession. They were clearly at this point, you already could tell they were committed to the run. Committed to the run. 48-yard line, second and one. They don't get it. 
Third and one, they don't get it. Fourth, they go for it and they get it. And this is the moment. All of those were run plays. This was the moment where I asked myself, what is in Bill Belichick's mind? Does he just disrespect our run defense that much? Because he knows if he just keeps hammering away at it and chips away at it and chips away at it, that it's sure enough, it's going to work. And by the way, I'm seeing, I saw just, I saw Tim, and I've seen this twice now. Tim, just with the, with the comment, says uh, he looked at Reddit on the Patriots' wedding, and, 40, and about 40% of the fans for New England are blaming the refs. This game was not on the refs. Not The amount of holding calls on the Patriots' offensive line that were not called was atrocious, especially in the final drive for the Patriots when they were trying to come back. It was bad. Bills are up 7-0, getting back to it. Defense is playing okay. They're being tested on the ground. They need to hold. These are my notes, right, from first from the first quarter. A stop here is huge. Huge gain on fourth down, puts the Patriots inside the 20. Then Damian Harris scores on a 17-yard touchdown as Obata doesn't hold his edge and he over-pursues. And I tweeted, or I should say I texted John Fina about this. And John said that every defensive end falls for that play. I'm sure we'll talk about it tomorrow. So stick around tomorrow for the off tech with John Fina show. We'll probably break that play down. But to me, Obata charged for the quarterback instead of at least waiting to see what the running back who had already broken into the flat was going to do. The Buffalo Bills defense bends and they break. That TD was big for the Patriots. Playing from behind is not where they want to be. 13 plays, 75 yards, seven minute drive, seven and seven. The Bills' second possession, uh, more run mixes at good times with solid execution to include a jet sweep with Isaiah McKenzie. Singletary at this point is putting in work. Allen had a 25-yard run, and this is where Ike Bucker got hurt. Keeley's injury. And can we just take a moment to talk about Ike Bucker? I mean, this dude has been a very, very pivotal and important part of this offensive line for the last couple of years. He's a good kid. Um, he's a big part of this team. And Generally speaking, Achilles injuries are hard to come back from for a professional athlete. It's just one, you know, knee injury after knee injury after knee injury. We see them all the time. You know, Achilles injuries are just one of those things that a lot of times players can't come back from. Forces Deion Dawkins into the football game anyways, but we're all praying. So we're all praying for Ike. But it forces Deion Dawkins into the game. Now the offensive line, they switch. They move Brown back to the left, to the right side, move Williams inside. Dawkins, Bates, Morris, Williams, Brown. And as I said already, this is the best the offensive line has looked maybe in years. Years. I'm gonna I'm gonna advance forward to basically the Pat's third possession. Uh, there's a tip drill on Jones pass, and Hyde comes down with the pick. It was great to see an interception. As soon as it went off, I'm screaming, "Pick it off! Pick it off! Pick it off!" And McKenna's like about jumped off the couch when I was yelling because I scared her. The Bills work the ball in the scoring position, but it's fourth and one. From the one, Allen is flushed and hits Sanders, who drops a touchdown, a sure touchdown. The Bills left points on the board right there. They do not execute after the interception. So instead of 17 to 7, it's still 10 to 7. The Pats' fourth possession starts on their own one. And this is the moment, as much as as much as Sanders missed that ball, dropped that ball that hit him. And I know it was a little behind him. Wasn't the easiest pass to catch in the entire world, but it was right there. My mind literally went back to Zach Moss, who had a sure lane like to the end zone and slipped down and fell. Just two big misses right there. Big miss. Luckily, the Pats go three and out. 15-yard return by Stevenson. The Bills' fourth possession. 40, they start from the 42-yard line of the Patriots. Incomplete to Diggs. Short run by Josh Allen. Two-yard pass to Devin Singletary. 
They line up at the they line up at fourth and seven. Barmore jumps. They give him five more yards. Fourth and two. Digs for a 23, 23 yard gain. First down, two minute warning. Then if you remember, there was a poorly executed play to Isaiah McKenzie, incomplete to Diggs after that, and then a rocket to Stephon Diggs for six. <laughs> 17 to seven. And this is the this is the moment <laughs> where Stephon Diggs is telling the world how he feels and telling the world and telling New England Patriots fans how he feels about him. And I tweeted, and it's not getting much love, and I get it. You know, a couple weeks ago, we we basically ad nauseum got to hear Aaron Rodgers tell you know, the fans, I believe in Chicago, I own you, I own you, I own you over and over and over again. And then later it was Cam. Cam, you know, runs that ball into the end zone and it's the I'm back, I'm back. And like we hear I'm back over and over and over again. My guess is we're not going to hear blank you, blank you, blank you suck. Beep, 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 beep. (laughs) My guess is we're not going to get commercials in regards to what, Stefan Diggs had to say to those fans <laughs> in New England. I'm going to say this, though. The fact that Stefan Diggs hates the Patriots and hates Patriots fans makes me love him that much more. He is one of us, Bills Mafia, two years in. Not that there was doubt, but the fact that he hates the Patriots is all I need to know. He's one of us. 17-7, to 7, Bills going at the half. Third quarter. And I'm doing my best to, <laughs> to hurry up. I'm sorry. Opening drive. What a drive it was. It was crazy. Uh, scoring three. They took a lot of time off the clock, which this is that moment and of balance for the Buffalo Bills, right? There's a moment of, of balance for the Bills where you've got the lead against a semi-dangerous football team in the Patriots, not because they've got amazing skill players around you, but because they can find ways to beat you. And it's like we can't break down and try to run the ball every play. We've got to be smart. We've got to mix stuff in. We've got to execute. And the Bills did a great job of that. They scored three points off that off that 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 first drive, but they took a ton of time. Another super chat, real quick. Tim comes in again. Did Diggs pop his shoulder back in and go and go play? I have no idea. I thought he hurt his knee. Uh, I I feel like that injury play that you're talking about with Stephon Diggs was him acting a little bit. I would say this, Tim. If anybody is ever out there uh, dislocated their shoulder, which I have, you don't you don't. It's not a martin riggs from from lethal weapon situation where you pop it back in and you're good to go um when you when you separate a shoulder you can't sleep at night (laughs) you don't really you don't realize so total rabbit trail you don't realize that if you separate a shoulder so when you're in your bed tonight or if you're laying on the couch or wherever you're watching me from try to breathe and not move your shoulders it's completely impossible so when you separate a shoulder it's literally the most excruciating pain you've ever felt in your entire life. And you feel it every single time you breathe because you, there is no movement that you can make with almost any part of your body, save your toes where your shoulders don't move. So when you get that separation feeling where it's a sprain or a strain and like it's all been pulled out and ripped out of socket, there's no popping it back into place and then going back in and playing. It just, it's just, in my opinion, it's just not a reality. I think he was faking, but that's a conversation for another day. And yes, Chris Wells, I did make a Martin Riggs reference <laughs> for those of you that are old like me. Anyways, getting back to that first opening drive, and then I'm going to jump to the closing drive. There was, just a, there was just a lot of fun football in this sequence. I went back and rewatched this sequence because it looked like the Bills of last year. They were like, they were working the field. They were working, Josh Allen was working with his receivers. There was a lot of creative plays. There was some trouble, right? 
through some, some things that they had to overcome, and they did. It was Isaiah McKenzie after Isaiah McKenzie. Like, they kept giving him the ball. And then Josh Allen is flushed to his left. He lobs the ball out there for, for a touchdown Jesus for, for, for Kumaro, and he just misses it. Like, it hit him in the hands. He probably should have. I think he caught it, and when he pulled it in, he pulled it into his body, and then it just lopped out like it just fell out. But he, he almost caught that football. And then there was that crazy, like, super against the grain throw that you never want to make to Sanders for a first down. And then Josh Allen throws a touchdown pass to, to Dawson Knox. Penalty against Darrell Williams, which I don't think was a penalty because he started his block, released his blocks, block rather, and then was just standing there waiting to block somebody. But he was not actively engaged with anyone. They threw the flag on him anyway. Ticky-tack, in my opinion. Holding penalty on Dawson Knox. First and 25 from the 28. Pass the digs for 11. Next play, incomplete. Third and 14, incomplete. Then from 34 yards, Bass, the money man, Bassomatic, 20 to 7, Buffalo Bills. Advancing all the way to what I would consider the Bills' most important possession. It's 26 to 21. Now, when you're reliving, I would encourage everybody to go back and watch this entire possession if you can. It's 26 to 21. The Bills are down by five. My worst nightmare in this position, believe it or not, as a Bills fan, was not for them to have to punt. My worst nightmare for some reason was that they kick a field goal and they're down by eight. Because if if I'm writing storylines, being a Bills fan and a fan of this football team, the storyline is the Bills kick a field goal, opposing team marches down the field, scores a touchdown, gets the two-point conversion, scores field goal in overtime, and wins the game, right? Isn't that kind of like... If we're beat down dogs, if we're abused puppies, that's basically what we've been abused with our whole entire lives. So my biggest fear is that we score a field goal. It's like we got to have a touchdown here. There's no other option. Touchdown. Ashley Petty, I retweeted it. She she put a tweet out there. Touchdown or nothing. Like we got to make this a two possession game. They've got to score a field goal or they've got to score a touchdown rather. They got to burn the clock and they got to not be conservative at the same time, which is a tall order for a defensive head coach. Because the reality is that the defense has shown at this point in time that they cannot stop the Patriots. So as we wind back, kind of this last possession, Isaiah McKenzie had a huge grab on third down for a first, and then he had another one. And like I've gotten my notes, Little Dirty is having himself a game. It's a coming out party again for Isaiah McKenzie. It's third and one. Josh Allen does the sneak, gets totally stood up, kind of gets held up by a, by a defensive back, which was weird. Doesn't get it. And then there's the fourth and a half a yard play, which Josh Allen like fakes that we've seen him do it before against Washington. He fakes the, the, the sneak and then bounces it out. And as soon as he bounced it out, I was like, he's got it. And then sure enough, two defenders, one was J.C. Jackson closed on him. And I was like, oh, maybe he doesn't have it. And then he put that little deke move on J.C. Jackson. Pro Bowler, J.C. Jackson. Ends up getting eight yards. Huge first. That was probably the first down of the game. That was the biggest, probably the biggest play of the entire football game. First down immediately, no gain to Devin Singletary. Then there was an incomplete pass, if you remember, on a swing pass to Devin Singletary. And at this point, I've got in my notes, three points doesn't help. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> this is lining up exactly like my nightmare situation. Do not kick a field goal here. Please, God, don't let him kick a field goal because 
I've seen this this ending before. I know where this is going. And then out of nowhere, Josh Allen is like flushed out of the pocket and has that Patrick Mahomes shovel pass that everybody goes, oh my God, Patrick Mahomes, greatest quarterback. Oh, look at the innovation. He's so incredible. Joe, Pat Mahomes. Shovel passes it to Diggs, and then it's just all effort on Stephon Diggs after that to get, I don't even know how many yards. Was it 15, 17 yards? It was incredible. And then my notes end with another shovel pass to Knox, touchdown, game. Game. There was like two and a half minutes or 240 on the clock. I'm like, game. <laughs> Two-possession game. At this point, with Mac Jones as a quarterback, game over. Game over. Like, game was over. Incredible. What a football game. Nerves the whole time. What a, This is why we watch football. Complimentary win. The defense had its moments. The offense had its moments, but they played well. A couple super chats for you. Pamela comes back in with a super chat. I think coaching changes had a lot to do with it as well. It's possible uh, that, that it's possible. I, you know, I know some guys were sick with the, with the vid. I don't know what the answer is. It's hard. It's hard for me to, it's hard for me to give credit for the coaching to the coaching staff because a lot of times I just I'm not a super big fan of what the coaching staff has done this year, Pamela. So please forgive me. Uh, David Reed, welcome to the show. Appreciate you, buddy. Super chat. Did anyone else hold their breath on the Hail Mary or was it just me? I did not. I did not. But I thought it was funny that Poyer was standing over Micah, who had the ball, laughing because we all know the answer. The answer is knock it down. And Micah was like, eh, I'm going to catch this one. <laughs> I'm just going to catch this one and get it over with. Stats for this football game, and I'm uh, going to do my best to wrap this thing up here in the next 10 minutes. Not likely. We're going to go a little bit late. Stats in this football game. Josh Allen was 30 of 47. I think that's 63% for 314 yards, three touchdowns, no interceptions. Rushing Josh Allen, 12 of 64, 5.3 per carry. Devin Singletary, who had a great game, 12 of 39, or 12, 439 for 3.2. I can live with that. Zach Moss, three for 12 for four. I can live with that. Receiving Isaiah McKenzie. You just can't say enough about Isaiah McKenzie. 11 receptions, 125 yards, and a touchdown. Stephon Diggs, seven of 85, and a touchdown. There's a reason he's a number one wide receiver. He showed it to you in this game. Singletary, five of 39. Sanders, two for 20. Blah, blah, blah. Some other stats from there. I don't know if they give me time of possession or not. I think it's on another page. Hang on a second. I'll give that to you in a second. Mac Jones, we talked about it already from Sal Capaccio's tweet, 14 to 32 for 145 yards, two interceptions, 43% completions. Yep, best quarterback in the AFC. He has intangibles, ladies and gentlemen. He's got intangibles that no other quarterback has ever had before him. He's got intangibles. I'm not saying that guys aren't, it's not possible for them to have a bad football game, but I don't think that stat line is reminiscent or indicative of, of, of him having a bad game. You basically saw Mac Jones for who he was. Damian Harris rushing 18 for 103. He had a good game. Three touchdowns. Good Lord. Mac Jones, 6 for 33 for 5.5 a carry. And Gunnar Olszewski, 1 for 9. Jacoby Myers receiving 6 of 59. Kendrick Bourne, 2 of 33. Brandon Bolden, 2 of 20. And kill Harry two of fifteen. Some big. There were some big receptions in there. By the way, somebody else put it in there as well, and I'll say it too. I'll repeat it that uh, Mac Jones still has yet to throw a touchdown against the Buffalo Bills. 
Total yards for the Bills, 428. Passing yards, 314. Rushing, 114. Yards per play, 5.7. 28 first down for the Bills. Time of possession, 35. <clears throat> excuse me, 09. Those are your stats. And your stats are brought to you by the Market Dominator. <laughs> well, who is the Market Dominator? The Market Dominator is the wonderful sponsor of this program, this show. His name is John Spaschek, and he's got a team. They're called the Market Dominator Team. He's got uh, several people part of this team, and uh, they are professionals, and they are the very best in Western New York as it pertains to buying and selling a home. They are real estate agents with Keller Williams. Keller Williams is the largest real estate brokerage in the entire world, and John and John's team is the best. If you are looking to maximize the value of your home, if you're looking to sell, you want to upgrade your home, you're looking to downgrade your home, you're looking to get out of Buffalo, you're looking to maximize the value, you want to call the best. Do not sell your home by owner. John can give you 10 reasons, I can't, why that's a bad idea, especially in this marketplace. If you're looking to sell your team, John's team is the kind of team that can walk you through a house in showings, walk you around basements, show you the roof, show you things around the house with the drywall, with the furnace, with the water heater, different things to clue you into problems you might, inspections that may pass, but problems you might have in the future. I'll say it again. If you're looking to buy or sell a home, you want the team that is the best team and you want them on your side. That team is the market dominator team led by John Spazcheck. You can reach John at 716-570-3298. The number again, 716-570-3298. You can also reach him on Twitter at uh, your, elite, your elite broker at gmail.com. John is also Bill's Mafia. You can reach him at your elite broker. Dude Awards. Super, super quick. Dude Awards. Oh, oh, I missed a super chat. Sorry, Tim. Missed a super chat from you. How many pro bowlers does the Bills have on D? Uh, right now, it's zero. They've got a bunch of alternates. So unless you're talking about all pros, those have not been listed yet. But right now, pro bowlers, zero. No. No, that's right, zero. Deion Dawkins and Stephon Diggs are the only first-team pro bowlers. Bunch of alternates. It's unfortunate. Unfortunate. Matt Gavenna comes in with a chat, and he says... uh. If all 135 of you don't smash that like, <laughs> I swear I'll find you. Yeah, whatever you're doing, whatever platform program you're watching this thing on, do me a favor, jump on the like button. So as we say on Wednesdays, hump that like, but uh, do me a favor, just smash that like for me. I appreciate you guys. Dude Awards. So everybody does, uh, all the com uh, content creators and just the different reporters do like arrow up, arrow down, right? Thumbs up, thumbs down. I do the Dude Awards here on the Overreaction Post Game Show. And basically what that means is, is if somebody does a good job and has a good game, I go, dude, you did great. And we give a Dude Award. And if somebody plays poorly, it's a dude. We got to talk. Like, I need to see him in office, bro. Like the Dude Award. So my first Dude Award goes to Isaiah McKenzie. I mean, it's this kid... Four weeks ago, he's tweeting, I'm done for the season. Like, I'm I'm out for the year, which I don't know that he was ever told that, but that's what he tweeted. I'm basically done for the season. Like, I'm out, like, inactive for the rest of the year. And sure enough, that wasn't true. And I think we all knew that wasn't true, but he probably wasn't overly happy. My second dude award goes to Josh Allen. He is the narrative of this football game. He is this team. Josh Allen is money. I don't, I don't know what else you want from me, uh, from commentary. The kid is just lights out. He plays well. He played well today. Dude, award goes to Deion Dawkins for jumping in. Uh, they talked a lot in the, the post-game presser about the fact that he had no time to prepare. He had no time to study. He wasn't necessarily up to speed on the game plan in the sense of reps. I'm sure he had the, the, the book, the playbook, and knew what the game plan was, but he didn't like to do any walk, get, get to do any walkthroughs, any practices, any prep. So uh, Deion Dawkins gets a dude award. 
and the whole offensive line. A special mention, Ryan Bates. I need to see more of Ryan Bates. Stop holding out on us, Sean McDermott, Brian Dable. Stop holding out on us. Give us more Ryan Bates. I'm only supposed to give you three, but uh, you've got three already. My last dude award goes to this coaching staff. Great job. Great job by this coaching staff. It's nice to know that when they need to get rid of the conservatism, they can. And I'm going to be honest with you, that's what they need to do from here on out. John Fien is texting me. He's asking me, how's the show going while he's showing me a big picture of Prime Rib? <laughs> Stop bugging me, Fina. I'm trying to do a show. And last but not least on this Victory Monday show for you, Victory Tuesday, Victory Wednesday of the Overreaction Postgame Show, reading of the tweets. So I put out a tweet after this football game. Buffalo, the Buffalo Bills are in first place in the AFC East. Oh, I actually, I actually miss. I erred on that. I put the AFC. They're not in first place in the AFC. So I apologize to anybody that misread that. AFC East, after that beatdown of the Patriots, how are you feeling, Bills Mafia? I have aged about 10 years in this football game. And then I said, uh, repl- reply and retweet, and I'm reading your reactions on the show. First one goes out to GNUT68, at GNUT68. This game felt like a microcosm of this Bills season. Should be absolutely dominating, but due to mistakes, it was somehow still close after three quarters. But the Bills came out on top. Hopefully, that's how the season wraps up, too. Right there with you. Brandon Altman, at Brandon underscore Altman. The offense is regaining its form. Singletary needs to be a big part of the offense in both the run and the pass game. I think, so for me... I think Singletary has shown that that like that's his role. He needs to be. He's another one of those guys that the more uh, that he gets involved in the game, the better off he's going to be. We got another super chat. Well, let me finish reading this tweet first, and then I'll jump over to the Jeff King super chat. Josh Allen should be in the Pro Bowl. He put this team on his back today. The run defense still worries me, especially if we end up playing Indy in the first round. I would agree with you that there's there's a couple teams that scare me, but Indy's hot right now. It's going to be interesting to see what they can do. Jeff King jumping into the show. Thank you for being a part of the show. Jeff, appreciate you, buddy. With the exception of getting another Christmas with my parents and siblings, beating those D-bags in their house was my favorite. (laughs) Oh, Jeff King, you were the man. Uh, It goes back to Stefan Diggs, right? It goes back to Stefan Diggs. F-U, 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 shut your effing mouth. And then, yeah, the last one, which I can't repeat on the air. (laughs) all of us were Stefan Diggs for about 15 seconds back to the reading of the tweets after that super chat Jeff King stealing the show appreciate you buddy Marshall McDougal at McDougal I gotta open it up McDougal McDougal Sports loved what we saw from Singletary in the run and pass game looks like we are closer to finding our identity would have loved to see Gabe Davis in this game but any win in New England is a great win Merry Christmas Joe Marshall Merry Christmas to you too C-Dub, Bills Mafia, at Chriswell73. How pumped was I watching this game? The wife at one point said, all your yelling is giving me a headache. (laughs) Hashtag go Bills. I really think these teams will meet in the playoffs, and that will be one hell of a game. Hashtag still believe. ABH, at quickdraw underscore BB. Singletary has finally started getting involved and making an impact. I, I almost, I mean, it's. I don't think it's I don't I don't think it's an issue with with Singletary. I think that it's about game plans and it's about preparation and it's about situations and it's about the run plays that they've got him running. Like I felt like the last couple of weeks Singletary is has been better in my opinion because they're putting him in a position to win. I could be wrong. My girl Pamela at Pamadonna. Stressful fourth quarter. I'm exhausted. 
Other than that, they just played great right out of the gate through the whole game. D wasn't overworked. O showed up. Josh was calm and patient. It's like they finally clicked. This is the team that I expected in September. Go Bills. I agree with you, Pam. Right there with you. My guy Richard Rush, who's in the comment section. Pam and Richard, both in the comment section. At Richard R. Rush, too. Allen was clean all day, and we never trailed. And McKenzie was a be- in beast mode all game. I'm beyond ecstatic. First in the East again, and it feels so good. Hashtag Boho Mojo. Stay positive, test negative. 2 and 0 Bills. Or uh, testing it are 2 and 0? Go Bills. Yeah. Ethan A. Tweedy at Tweedy underscore A. He's got two of them here. You, you wordy people. Wordy. So wordy. I was at a Christmas party with a family, constantly checking my phone the whole afternoon. I want to especially thank Stefan Diggs, who said what we've been wanting to say to Pats fans for about 20 years now. <laughs> All three phases balled out. Just what we needed. Let's go, Bills. Also, McKenzie was insane tonight, as was Stevenson on returns. Just a great Christmas gift uh, for all of Bills Mafia. Getting into the fourth seed, entering uh, entering week 17. I'm going to be honest with you. I want to see more from McKenzie, uh, from Stevenson. I don't, I don't know that Stevenson has flashed yet. Yes, I know that he was averaging like 15 yards per return, but they just didn't look like 15-yard returns. And I know that's weird. It's about the number. He got 15 yards, but it, I feel like in the preseason, he flashed in a way that the Bills couldn't cut him. They couldn't put him in a situation to uh, put him at risk. Therefore, he went on IR. But I need to see more from Stevenson, in my opinion, still. 207 Bills fan at Reed underscore Levine. Let's go. I was at this game, and let me just say, the Loud Patriots fans behind me were very quiet walking out. The ship has been righted, and this was a fantastic outing for the offense. Go Bills. You rock Joe Miller. I'm going to be honest with you. I appreciate that, but you guys actually rock more than me. So I love all of you that are part of this thing that uh, ride ride with me. Appreciate you guys. Yeah, jump on that like button. 124 people watching on uh, YouTube right now. Jump on that like button. Bills Media 716, at Bills Media 716. Best game I've ever uh, I've ever been to by far. Listening to the Pats fans blame the refs was comical, and seeing the life sucked out of the building on the Knox TD was awesome. We were in control all day in the biggest game of the year. I've been a critic of the running backs, but Motor looked great. Yes, he did. Couple more for you. Bill S at CRZY Bill. Anyone ask uh, Booger who is on notice now? <laughs> it's probably the Patriots, especially with the Dolphins charging the way they are. Emmett 21 at Bills Fan 28. Hey, first, uh, or hey, Joe, rather, first commenter or first time commenter. Well, welcome in, Emmett. Appreciate you. Love the show. Quick thoughts. McKenzie is better than Beasley. Davis is better than Sanders. Dome is better than no dome. Don't want to nerf Josh with the elements. Josh is elite as if it was ever in doubt. O-line played pretty well. We are now in control of our own destiny. Let's go. I have thoughts. I set them at the top of the show. Appreciate the comment. Appreciate being a part of the show. Um, yeah, we'll uh, we'll just we'll just let that one go. Joseph Goho at Joe Goho, G-O-H-O. Most impressive part of Josh on 18 today was he remained poised the entire game. I totally agree. Like the great ones do. Lots of credit to the offensive line, especially Dawkins, who was taking a lot of criticism but just came off COVID a second time and balled out. It was phenomenal. I got three more for you. Xavier Stutz at XCS713. All hail the magic boho jersey. I'll show it to you again. There it is. I don't know if I can wash it or not. I don't know. We are not worthy. <laughs> Joseph at Joseph All, A-L-L-1789015. Let's go, baby. Gotta love that. It's simple. Last one for you tonight. For this show, Colin McKenzie Stan at Tom Brady is booty. We all had this talk about Gabe, wide receiver two, and I still believe that, but I can't believe McDermott turns his head the other way 
after seeing the performance from, from McKenzie today. Big time stuff. It'll be interesting to wrap up the show. It'll be interesting to see what happens to uh, Isaiah McKenzie in this offense as far as what his role is going forward. Um, but yeah, Matt Gavenda with a super chat. Matt, there's no chat there. Um, I don't know if you put something. Oh, here we go. That set of plays where they had three TDs and just feel uh, just feel go woof hard to watch. Yeah, we talked about that earlier, but I was I actually appreciated I actually appreciated the work that they did in that sequence. Um, it reminded me of the Bills of old. But getting back to Isaiah McKenzie, there's some guys that need to be a part of this offense. And the funny part is, is it it works better when it's a stew when they're all involved, when Diggs is involved, when Davis is involved, when McKenzie is involved, when Beasley is involved, when Knox is involved, and let's be honest, Singletary. There is enough ball to go around. So don't believe the narrative that the Bills have to run the ball. They've got to be more conservative. They've got to run more efficiently or effectively or more often. They just need to be who they are. And there's no rule that says when you get to the playoffs that you have to run the ball. There's plenty of teams that have won Super Bowls without running the ball exclusively. Like, I don't know where that stuff comes from. But And if there hasn't been a team that's done it, that doesn't mean that the Bills can't do it. The reality is, is that the defense can't stop you then that's all that matters. So put the defense in a position where you're dictating to them and you're making them stop you. The Buffalo Bills have the tools. They have the talent. But at the end of the day, what we've got to do is we've got to go out, get the next two games, win the AFC East, and then we're going to get one home playoff game. And then from there, let's just see where the chips fall. Meanwhile, I'll be rocking the Corey Bohorquez jersey, hashtag Boho Mojo. And we'll be right here every Saturday for the Time to Shine, every Sunday for the Overreaction Post Game Show, every Monday for the Off Tackle with John Fina Show, and every Wednesday for the Hump Day Hotline. But ladies and gentlemen, you've been tuned in to the Overreaction postgame show brought to you by the Market Dominator, my great friend John Spascheck, on the Buffalo Rumblings vidcast and podcast network. I'm your host. My name is Joe Miller. People call me the voice. I don't know why. Actually, I do know why. It's just funny to me, even still. I, I, I'll never get used to it. Um, a special shout out to Rico for naming me the voice. So Rico from over over fanatics uh, named me the voice. So I just, they're all like, you need to let go with it. So I've gone with it, but uh, yeah, I'm the voice of the overreaction post game show. I appreciate every single one of you. You know what? It's, it's Christmas. Yesterday was Christmas. Uh, I should say Saturday was Christmas. Um, new year's upon us. We got a new year facing in front of us. 20, 2020 sucked. 2021 sucked outside of, this thing that we're all gathered around when it comes to football. But the reality is, is we've got a new year to look forward to. We've got a new opportunity to look forward to. At the end of the day, I appreciate every single one of you. I appreciate all of you that support me, that encourage me, that send me messages, that comment, that super chat me, especially that helps my family out. Thank you. Appreciate every single one of you. But uh, enjoy this week, Bills Mafia. Enjoy every moment of this victory week. Every single moment as the Buffalo Bills ran over the new england patriots <laughs> and mac jones and sent uh it was it was wonderful for me last comment to see bill belichick humbly shaking josh allen's hand and just being i mean you could i don't know what he said but it very much had the look of man you kicked our butts like you are really good like you are really good and it's a problem so i just appreciated that too so but uh joe miller i appreciate you guys hang with me tomorrow night Nine o'clock, the off tackle with John Fina show. Nine o'clock on Monday, and then Wednesday. Oh, I should say Tuesday, the code of conduct with Jay Spencer King, my bestie. Nine o'clock, and then off tackle, or I should say the Humpty Hotline on Wednesday, nine o'clock as well. But for me, Joe Miller, all the Buffalo Rumblings crew, Vega was in here. Nolan was in here. I don't know who else was in here. Those are the guys I saw, but I appreciate every single one of you guys. Thank you so much. Love you. 
Happy New Year. Oh, Fina's in there too now. <laughs> Love you, John. Go Bills. to do's, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high quality leads, fast closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today. Support for this show comes from Fundrise. Buy low, sell high. It's easy to say, hard to do. For example, high interest rates are crushing the real estate market right now. Demand is dropping and prices are falling, even for many of the best assets. It's no wonder the Fundrise flagship fund plans to go on a buying spree, expanding its billion-dollar real estate portfolio over the next few months. You can add the Fundrise flagship fund to your portfolio in just minutes and with as little as $10 by visiting Fundrise.com Fox. Carefully consider the investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses of the Fundrise flagship fund before investing. This and other information can be found in the fund's prospectus at Fundrise.com flagship. This is a paid advertisement.